Hey guys, Tucker here, co-host of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we're currently looking for more projects. So for any of you guys that listen to the show that may be an agent or otherwise that have a property that you're looking to sell, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we're looking to purchase properties that are maybe not best suited for the retail market or maybe they need to be redeveloped. So we do renovations and we do new construction so we could buy an existing home that maybe it smells like cigarette smoke, maybe it hasn't been updated in decades, maybe it's got some fun functional issues, some problems like that, or maybe it's just in an area that is best suited to take the house down, partition the lot, maybe build a couple new homes, or just build one new home in its place, and anything in between. So if you guys out there in Listenerland have anything that would be best suited selling to a development company like ours, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com, and when you go there, there's a contact us tab. Click on that, and you can send us a message, and we'll get back to you shortly thereafter. We'd love to hear from any of you guys out there that have a property like this, and hopefully we can do a deal together. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. All right, everybody out there in listener land, welcome back to the My Corona episode, number 110 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. I'm here with a couple of excellent co-hosts. Welcome to the show, Steve-O and Joe. What a day it is, huh? Hey, Tucker. Hey, Joe. Hey, Tucker. Special edition, Corona edition. I um, incidentally am not drinking a Corona. It's about a little after three o'clock in the afternoon. I do have a Coors Light open. Um, but we did, we did, um, just joke before we were on the air that it probably would have been, um, appropriate to have a Corona. So we missed the boat on that. Their sales are slumping, so they could have used your business. That's yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about is, you you know, brings up to mind that whole, no, no, all publicity is good publicity. I I think there's some exceptions to that. (laughs) This might be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird time. It's a weird day. I, I don't know. Is this the Ides of March? March 11th, the Ides of March? I, what's Ides of March mean? Educate me. Uh, Joe's probably smarter than both of us about this, but, uh, you know, old uh, Roman Empire days with uh, Caesar and beware of the Ides of March. I thought it was March 11th. And, that could uh, be. You know, the only thing in March that I'm excited about is uh, March 17th, which uh, is not only St. Patrick's Day, but Soldera Properties' 12th year anniversary. So the 13th or the the 18th always comes with a little bit of a headache. Wow. Congratulations, that's awesome. Premier Property Group just had the 10 year last year, so you're a couple years ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, in March. There's always March Madness, but did you guys hear it's a little bit of March Sadness this year? That was just announced Ooh, today. Touching. I like that. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> one. Yeah. Did you hear? There's no audience. I don't know how that's going to play out, man. That's weird. It I, is weird. Really weird. I know I, I got another alert that uh, the NBA is looking at not having fans uh, for the near future in their games either. Which Yeah. Well, the Golden State Warriors today announced they will not. Well, they don't have fans anyway. The show, so it doesn't really <laughs> they got but, like four um, people they're going to tell not to come. So I was going to save this for our show, but I'll tell you right now. So for the past month and a half, I've been planning – 
a special event at a Blazer game. I, I rented their big party suite, holds about 50 people. And I was referring, I was not referring, I was inviting my top referrers. If you've referred me, a, you know, two people or more in the last five years, you're invited. And um, I'm a, I was about three quarters of the way there. And today, I, I mean, and we'll get into the details of this later on the show. But today I called the Blazers. And I was like, look, guys, I got to cancel this thing. Like, I'm, I can't get excited about this event. Um, my people aren't going to be excited about this event we're losing momentum and i don't think you're going to have a game with fans in the stands that day so can we start that process she was like she was pretty understanding she said look as of right now that game's on track but i get where you're coming from we were surprised when we heard about the golden state warriors today so let me talk to my boss and see if we can get you a full refund on your uh on your suite so crazy times for sure well, I'm not, I wouldn't be recording this episode with you guys today if it wasn't for uh, Corona, because I'm supposed to be in Seattle speaking at a big real estate event, and uh, that got canceled. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So. Think about all the money that is being, I mean, your, yours is one of thousands, tens of thousands of events across this country that is being canceled. Think of all the dollars on all the hotels, on all the hotel rooms, on all the all the conference halls, all the restaurants, all the meals, all the drinks, all the flights. Um, you can kind of start to see the picture of how this is, you know, affecting the real economy, and will continue to. Yeah, which we've got some questions for ourselves to answer mm -hmm. on that. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but yeah, it's we're in kind of uncharted territories. It's a bit of a weird time you've kind of mapped out some pretty good questions or we'll call them topics, right. To kind yeah. of really discuss this. Cause I mean, really what we're going to discuss is Corona today and how it relates to us in the world of real estate and the real estate market and kind of how, how we proceed with this new normal, right. This new thing that, um, you know, it's definitely changing the trajectory of this year. I don't know for how long, but, um, it, it's an interesting time. That's for sure. So, and our hope is, our hope is, I mean, to cut through this, be, you know, when you look on Facebook, you see both sides of it. You see the, um, the hysteria and the kind of the craziness, but you also see the comical side. And I think, I think I see both sides and I, I think, um, there's value in seeing both sides and, and, you know, having a little bit of fun with this, but at the same time you know, looking at it from a calm level head and comparing it to other events that we've all experienced in our real estate careers and in our lifetimes and hopefully cutting through for our listeners and, you know, hopefully being a little bit of a voice of reason, maybe a little bit of fun and a little joking along the way and, and, and kind of share our stories of what we're seeing and what we're feeling and what we're, what we're planning for and what's, what opportunities there may be in this. And um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's start into some of this. I, I'll ask you guys, you know, one of our, one of our questions here. I mean, short term, <clears throat> not, not foreseeing, you know, not, not a year from now, not six months from now, but right now, today, this week, last week, what are you guys seeing as far as the here and now of the effects of the coronavirus situation of the real estate industry? And how do you see that changing as on a daily basis? Well, I want to hear what Joe has to say. So I'm going to defer um, to kind of get to see what he's seeing himself. And then, of course, the agents that work for Soldera. I'm curious what he's hearing from them as well. So uh, 
It's a great question. Matter of fact, you can go like four directions with it. Um, the I have felt an effect and my clients and customers uh, in the higher uh, earning category annually are affected because those are the types of people that have money buried in stock that might have just been cut in half. All of a sudden you have a million dollars of holdings and it goes down to $500,000 in holdings that really affects what you can and can't qualify for comfortably. And it would kind of be a dumb move to, to pull out when we're, we're in a slump and it's bounced a couple times, but that's what your higher end clients with the lower end clients, they're really not affected because they don't have any money in stocks. All they know is they have really low interest rates and now's the time. So if anything, it kind of got them off the dime on another facet of short term effects. There's been a lot of things canceled because of the coronavirus. And I don't know if that's a convenient excuse to cancel something <laughs> or it really is a, a, a valid reason. The other thing is the all the people that have died from the coronavirus have been over a certain age, I, I think over 60 or 65. And however, all the people that are younger than that may not necessarily need to worry. However, they could be carriers too, right? They, they could be carrying it into this big arena or conference room. And so I think it is valid that things uh, get canceled and postponed until we really, really know what we're dealing with. But that's what I see as far as uh, the affluent all the way down to the first time buyer seller. And that's what I see as far as the big congregations of meeting in person for the short term. I like how you broke that down among between those two segments. What about you, Tucker? You deal mostly with the affluent. What are you, what's, what are you seeing? Yeah. I mean, I've been paying close attention to, as Joe put, kind of, you've got two different markets kind of running side by side right now, right? You've got your, let's call it affordable price points, right? Um, closer to median home price in any given, you know, part of town. And then you have your higher end, which, you know, we play in the higher end quite a bit. Um, I will agree. I think the higher end is paused a little more um, than uh, the median, you know, lower, more entry-level price points. It looks like the entry-level stuff is still flying, right? And, and I think the point that Joe made is a valid one in terms of most of those entry-level buyers, you know, they have minimal holdings in terms of, you know, stocks and things of that nature. So the fact that the stock market took a big, you know what, this week and last week, it really doesn't have any direct impact on their net worth or their ability to get put a down payment or, or whatever, right? Um, so they look at it, like Joe said, is super low interest rates and they got a cheap payment, right? And they can buy a house. So from what I've been noticing um, is everything that's kind of on the more affordable uh, range of the spectrum, they, it still seems to be flying off the market. Now, I will say, up until today, it got a little weird today, right? So like we're looking kind of in the rear view from today back, um, you know, the, the previous week or so, and things were still moving. I mean, I was noticing you were putting posts up, Steve, online of all the properties that you were impending with, or, you know, you had buyers you were representing and they, they looked like kind of more entry level, maybe not entry level price points, but like, let's say sub 700,000, right? Um, and so I imagine that you had quite a bit of activity going on over the course of the past week. 
I'm more curious moving forward how things change or if they change because you know like you said uh ncaa came out today and said no fans in um march sadness right which is uh <laughs> interesting um there was a, a school district up in seattle that said they're closing their doors seattle uh, public schools the big yeah, school district like yeah. that's portland public schools yeah yeah and so the question becomes <clears throat> two weeks how, i think how far behind them are we here locally? Um, what are we going to do? Because it was, uh, I forget which school district in Seattle, but it was one of the Seattle, Seattle school public schools. Yeah, it's it the was. Big okay, so, yeah. so yeah. Harvard so, said don't come back after spring break, by the way. So yeah. a lot of the colleges and universities are switching to online. Yeah, yeah, which they can. But then like the, the, the schools, like elementary school, let's say, for example, right? If you got kids, if they're college kids, you can leave them alone and they can sit in their room and they can fart around on the internet and they can go to class and take care of themselves, right? But if they're younger kids, you as a parent, you have to be a parent, right? Yeah. So that That's throws true. a very big monkey wrench into everybody's schedules and days. And so- absolutely. If we move forward and this happens here locally for a sustained amount of time, I don't know. So looking back, I don't think there's really been a big impact. Um, a little bit slower in the high end. Looks like everything's still fine. Our inventory levels yeah. are sub two months right now based on the most recent uh, market action report. But I, I just have a feeling that looking forward, it's going to feel a little different than looking back just with these big announcements. I don't think our lives are going to feel much different in terms of like, you know, dealing with the virus itself, but just all the surrounding stuff um, seems to be changing, especially today. Today was kind of a whirlwind, but I don't know you've got a lot more people you're showing houses to, you know, I just have my little world, you know, my little bubble. And like, I went and met with an older gal yesterday in Gladstone. Right. And I thought she'd be a little apprehensive about like shaking my hand and hanging out and whatnot. And yeah, we shook hands probably four times, you know, and I, I had the sanitizer in the car and I was sanitizing up afterwards, but she wasn't afraid of shaking my hand. Right. She was the older one. So to me, you know, this isn't affecting her life at all. She had me into her house. She didn't know who I was before this. I mean, we talked on the phone. Um, you know, uh, my office manager here, he went on another appointment this morning and one yesterday. And so it hasn't changed any of the interaction there. I just wonder moving forward if it is or isn't. So I don't know. I, it's a big kind of, question mark for me but i'm curious for you since you've been posting all that stuff online looks like you've got a lot of activity going both on the listing and buying end um for your business what do you feel what do you see um a couple quick questions for you tucker before follow-up questions first of all you must have got a deal done with that lady did you think that she had any has it do you think that it impacted her desire to liquidate her house in a favorable manner for you or in any way or did was it did it just not come up or was it not something that you know of Mm, not really. I think this was, um, this house had other problems. It had foundation problems. So her desire to liquidate this house or, or sell it off market or to somebody like us uh, had more to do with the fact that it was just a scary house for a normal home buyer. Um, yeah. But I don't think as of yesterday, the whole Corona thing, it was almost a joke. We were kind of joking. I was like, Hey, Corona bump, you know, giving her a fish <laughs> bump. She's like, no, 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 we can shake hands. Right. You know, yeah. so I kind of made a joke about it and she, yeah. Yeah, it was really just a joke. I don't think it was a big factor. I do feel like, you know, at some point in some transactions, maybe people will look at Corona as like a leverage point to try and get a better deal or something like that, maybe. Or they um, just, they're, they're, they feel, they sense urgency to liquidate and get yeah, out. Yeah, and yeah. that too. So <clears throat> in terms yeah. of that transaction, that deal, the, that person, I don't think Corona was anything more than just kind of a joke that we made about doing a Corona bump versus a handshake, right? 
So. Got it. Hey, another follow-up question, and I'm not going to get specific here. You and I have talked specifically. You were buying a large property that you're going to do a big project on. Did you close on that? No. Did you pull out? No, I have a- uh, You're still in escrow? Closing, we're closing in a couple of months. So I get to see how this whole thing yeah. plays out. Yeah. yeah. So. Are you rethinking it? No. I mean, you're, are you being cautious? No, not re- I mean, of course I'm being cautious. I'd be a moron if I said I was yeah. just like, ah, fuck it. We're yeah. doing it. Pedal to the yeah. metal, baby. Yeah. You know, but- yeah. um, yeah, of course I, I'm, I'm looking around and I'm cautious and, you know, here's my thoughts on this thing. And I, it's funny, I had lunch with somebody on Monday um, that, um, or last week that he's got a bunch of real estate holdings and he's selling some of them and he's going to move it over into something else. And, you know, he was curious my thoughts on what this whole Corona thing is going to be. And my thoughts are still the same. I just don't know how squirrely it's going to get in the middle, but at a certain point, there's going to be a line in the sand, right? And once we cross that line, we're going to enter the new normal, which is, you know, when a certain number of people get the coronavirus and they pop out the other side and they're like, ha, I made it, you know, I'm good. You know, uh, when enough people get there, I think this becomes the new normal and we just continue on with life. I just, I don't know how long it's going to take to get to that line. And until we get there, there's a lot of unknowns, right? And one of the unknowns would be, you know, if we're taking on a, a large high-end project, how much is this, the high-end market going to be affected by people who have now lost, you know, 20% in their holdings over the last week, right? Or more, um, you know, in the, in the stock market and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, you know. that interesting, it's an interesting take. And I want to talk more about that. That's our next question. Let me touch on current yeah, here your, and now. Your take. Yeah. yeah, let me talk about here and now and last week and the week before. And then we'll talk about the, 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 the longer range future. Um, <clears throat> the... The answer might surprise you guys. I mean, and, and I agree with you. I mean, there was a reason why I put in here, how is it changing on a daily basis? It, the momentum is, is going the wrong direction and it's fast in, our, in everywhere. But thus far till today, it really hasn't impacted us. If anything, it's been heads down, phones busy, business as usual, rates are rock bottom, inventory's low. God, guys, we, we made an offer on a property in Southwest Portland last week. I went there myself. It's a friend of mine that was making an offer on it. 525 house and in, in um, kind of across from Burlingame, that kind of general vicinity. And um, there was nine offers and it went for six, over 600,000. So there's just, there's some crazy bananas out there still. Yeah. And that's that median um, kind of ish price range, right? Yeah. Like it's and, a little higher medium. And but. that wasn't isolated. I did an open house in Tigard on an $870,000 listing that I took live. And we were, we never didn't have anyone in the house. That was this last weekend. So um, the, the low rates are crazy. They're record lows. And we've had lows in the past, but this is, you know, we've touched record levels in the past week. Um, mortgage lenders are insane right now. They're, they, they are frazzled. Escrow is actually insane. Um, my fiance said she's got like 40, 50 opens so far this month. It's the 11th. You know, normally, normally her, under her desk, her book of business, I mean, she might have a little bit more than that the entire month. And that's mostly refis. So, um, so far it hasn't really affected real estate. Um, now I do feel that changing. I got a text message, um, from somebody that was going to list with me. They were going to list in mid April. <clears throat> They're moving to the Bay area. They're both in the technology industry and 
their plan was to put their house, it's about a $700,000 house in Lake Oswego, Hallinan neighborhood. Their plan was to put it on the market in mid-April and then move down to the Bay Area. She's very employable and they were going to get a job. So I have a text message here saying, we've discussed about this again today and with the current market instability, we want to wait until she finds a job before listing our house. Otherwise, we risk not having a place to stay in her without a job in California. Clearly not optimal. So I'm seeing early warning signs of pessimism through that text. That's affecting my business, right? I, I was about to have a listing. People are staying put and they're being a little bit more cautious. I'm currently in negotiations on a $1.2 million property in Parrot Mountain in Sherwood. My buyer is a cash buyer. I represent them. Their net worth He's a, he's a retired Nike guy. His net worth, he's told me, has dropped 25% in the last few weeks um, in dramatic fashion. One of the things, and, and so he, I think he's going to do the deal, but he, we, we were 1% apart. Like we were at 1150 and the seller was at 1163 and they were both dug in. Like, and, and he dug in because he's so nervous. He's like, he, he's, he's justifying in his mind, I don't have to do this right now. And I think the seller's getting it and he's going, You're, you know what? The economy does look like it's cratering. Maybe I should liquidate this house and, and let the guy with cash buy it and, and get a little bit upper of an upper hand. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I will say, and we kind of touch later on in this podcast as we go through some you know some some outline of questions we touch on this a little bit but one of the things i will say right now and then we can move on to the next question is i don't think i've seen a faster deterioration of the economy short of maybe 9-11 9-11 obviously was a monumentous event that that instantly had a massive impact on people's fears and pessimism um I don't remember the housing. Now, I'm not saying, and don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not saying this is going to be the housing crash of 2007. No way, shape, or form. I think it will be very different. But it didn't start and happen this fast. Wall Street was at record highs. And within like 10, 15 business days, it was in a bear market. Like it came that fast and that ferocious. We were sitting here not even two months ago. 71 days ago is New Year's Eve. And, and the world was so optimistic and 2020 was going to be the greatest year. And it was years before there was a recession in sight and look where we are here today. So that part is, is very interesting to me. What, um, those houses that you put on, I mean, you know, you had some listings, you, but you've had a lot of activity. So the kind of the meat and potatoes price points, it doesn't seem to be affected to this point. I mean, that was kind of an anomaly. Those people that text you, like, of course they want some certainty in their life. Right. So they may pause on listing their house, but in terms of like, I need to buy, I want to buy that. It's in the kind of affordable price range. Like that stuff seems to be flying um, based on what thus you're far, yeah. thus far. Thus far. I love how Joe segmented that. I, I totally agree. That takes us into our next question. Cause I don't know that that continues on indefinitely. Right. The next question is, I mean, longer term, Moving forward, what do you pr predict for the economy and the overall real estate market? Loaded Love to hear question. your guys' thoughts, Joe. Loaded question, Joe. 
<laughs> yeah. Think? Well, let's uh, answer it politically correct. And after 10 minutes, you won't actually have any answer from me. It'll just be me repeating stuff. <laughs> um, okay. So honestly, the long-term effect, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. We have the coronavirus, which look, this isn't like a terrorist thing like 9-11. It isn't the housing crash and the mismanagement of money in the 2007 to, you know, 2012 years. Um, this is sort of like this, this epidemic, pandemic. We have this virus going around that's killing people and it spreads quickly and nobody knows a cure for it. Um, and there's more and more cases popping up and in the back of our mind, I think we're all thinking that, you know, it's not going to be a zombie apocalypse. It's going to be this damn coronavirus that gets us all just like, you know, hundreds of horror movies have been made in the past <laughs> where some virus kills off the whole population. So provided that doesn't happen, I think we're going to be okay. It's also an election year. Uh, you know, the, the, the Dow has seen some heights and it has seen some huge crashes uh, over our president's tenure so far. Um, our rates are terrific. Our inventory is low. I don't expect any big changes um, through the rest of this year with rates or really anything else. Um, it really depends how big this thing gets with this virus. But if we have isolated cases and then it runs its course and it blows over, we're still gonna have the same, you know, first world problems of real estate markets great, we don't have enough inventory, the rates are super low, now's the time to do something if you're gonna do something. So I, I'll, I'll go as far as 2020, I figure, our market's gonna be great, especially during election year. And if they had to, they can artificially keep it great if they wanted to through- Oh, they, they are. I mean, that's <laughs> happening, right? It's coming. November 6th it's coming. or whenever we vote. And then probably the first hundred days of whoever is the next president, it will probably still be good. After that, who knows? Mm -hmm. Those are my thoughts. Tucker? Yeah. I like I said before, I think there's a line where this world of my corona becomes a new normal. And you know, I, I just don't know where that line is. I, I thought it would take about a month uh from that conversation that I had uh with that gentleman earlier this week, um, which puts us into let's say mid April. Um, and at that point we kinda figure out how we live in this new world, you know, with the concerns and the virus and, you know, who lives and who potentially, you know, could have some major health problems. Um, but it may be kind of a squirrely month in between now and then. And, you know, the other thing too is, you know, like you said, you had that client that lost 25% of their net worth. There's going to be some stingers that are getting passed around this week, right? In terms of that type of um, potential or that buyer in the market. And I think they can't help but be affected mentally, right? I mean, obviously they're getting affected on their balance sheet and their net worth, but mentally that's going to affect them. Just like you notice, like he was dug in, right? One, one, five. He's like, screw it. I'm not going any higher. I'm, I'm kind of feeling defensive, right? In a little bit. And so that's a new phenomenon compared to a month ago 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they probably wouldn't have felt defensive for the same reasons. Maybe he still wouldn't mm-hmm. want to pay that much. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I think we're going to be in a weird month. I think outside of that month, um, you know, the economy's got some challenges. There's some other things going on with the price of oil and, you know, that stuff. But, you know, the friggin' Dow is at like almost 30,000, right? So, like, if I pull up a, a chart here, you know, and you look at it right now, where we're at, we're still, we're at like the beginning of 2019's high, which was, you know, still reasonably high. So, it's not like it's cratered compared to what was many said was an artificially, it was a, a market price for perfection, right? Well, it's not perfect anymore, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, um, you know, if you look at it in terms of that right now, I don't think it's, you know, the end of the world. I, I don't know what next week will bring. It'll, it'll be interesting. What I am concerned about is this, right? Right now, and the financial markets trickle down to a lot of different things, which is why I'm mentioning it, right? Like your buyer that had net worth that got lost in it and the entry level buyers, not so much, but there's a lot of people that it affects. But what I'm concerned about is as we proceed forward, right? And these companies, uh, publicly owned companies, actually start to come out with earnings reports based on this new world of the coronavirus and how it's impacted everything. How will that then price into the financial markets? And then how will that affect the psyche of people that are looking to buy other assets like real estate? That's where my biggest concern is because right now it's just all uncertainty that's causing everything that's going on. Once the actual numbers and earnings are released, now we know, you know, who's basically swimming without trunks on, right? I mean, it, and that, that could be a bigger challenge. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's going to be a, an interesting month here. I still think we're going to get to the other side of that line that I keep talking about where it's the new normal. But, you know, I really wish they would stop like the NCAAs, like doing this thing with March Madness. Like, I just, I don't think that was the right decision. I think a lot of these decisions are made off of like liability protection, but then ultimately what you're doing is you're causing a ton of other carnage because you don't want to be liable. Right. Um, you know, I have a feeling the school districts will probably do the same thing because they don't want a Corona lawsuit or five or 10 or 20. Right. So they're going to preemptively probably close schools at some point too, to kind of limit their liability. But at the end of the day, it causes a lot of other carnage because of that. And so I think a lot of the decisions are being made because of that. And I don't know that that's the right thing or the wrong thing, but it's the way it is. So I don't know, hopefully we get to that line and we cross over it sooner than later. And then we can kind of go back to, you know, how we exist in this world, which by the way, my daily life hasn't changed much, right? I'm sure yours hasn't either. So if we get rid of social media, we get rid of the news. I'm pretty much proceeding as I normally do in life, which I'm assuming you guys are too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this entire situation is so incredibly fluid. Like, even the medical experts don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, anybody, anything any of us three or anybody else says, any of the, the talking heads on TV predict is, is purely a prediction. And, you know, tomorrow, something miraculous could happen with a cure. Probably not tomorrow, but maybe three months from now. And, and, the, and on the flip side, maybe two years from now, they're still not. And it, you know, it's, it's cratered far, far worse, but here's a couple things I'll observe about the, the longer term effects. So I've kind of said thus far, there hasn't been, um, and this is a real estate podcast. So I'll mostly focus on the real estate side of things because I think we all have sources of other, and our listeners have other sources of other types of news, but I think we're specific to real estate and that's why they like us. Um, Hopefully they like us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, 
thus far, there hasn't been a lot of impact to the real estate business, but here's what I, I'm concerned could be coming, and that's the layoffs, right? We are, we are seeing a clamping in of people. People are sh showing, exhibiting signs of holing into their house. They're not going out. They're not going into public. Um, public events are closing. We talked at the beginning of the show about, about um, conferences not, not being there. The travel industry, I saw something recently that the travel industry is experiencing less travel than even right immediately after 9-11. So tremendous amounts of money are suddenly not passing into the economy. I have to think that impacts retail, even though there's a whole conversation about, you know, the, the Amazon delivery world and that's still probably being vibrant, et cetera. Um, the good news, I think, for real estate is, thank goodness for us, anyway, we aren't at the epicenter of this craziness. You know, in 2007 through 2011, we were ground zero. We were the problem. We were the first thing impacted by the problem. And we were the thing hardest impacted by the problem. I remember hearing that at the time from the CEO of Intel. He, he, he was interviewed about how that recession was comparing to the dot-com bust. And I thought it was fascinating. He said, he goes, you know, this is nothing to compared to that for us. At that time, we were the epicenter of the problem and our funding, our business, our, our service providers, everybody was just devastated by what was happening. This time, the, the, there's a recession and he was talking about the housing downturn of 2007 through 2011. This time we're, we're being impacted, but we're, we're at the distance. We're not taking the direct blow. I feel like real estate is poised to be in that position this time. In other words, who's going to get the direct blow from this? I'll, I'll, I'll give you some, some names right now. Travel, hospitality, entertainment. And by entertainment, I mean the Blazers. I mean movies. I mean Hollywood. I mean t Taylor Swift and concerts. Um, the Golden retail, State Warriors. Yeah. The Golden State Warriors, yeah. <laughs> They're their revenues are going to, to be dramatically impacted. Where's that money that consumers aren't spending on that going to go. I think it's going to go into a nice house that they can hole up in. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I agree. think, I, I agree with I you think people, if they have to, if this thing becomes the quote unquote zombie apocalypse where everybody's, you know, not shaking hands and scared to go outside, people will put on a hazmat suit, go find the house they want to be in close on it and this is under the assumption they have a job and they're gamefully employed and that maybe they work from home or whatever the case right and there will be those people and they will buy the house they want and sell the house they want and there will be real estate transactions will there be less yeah we might go from the level we're at today to 70 percent of today or 80 percent of today but it won't be 50 percent of today like it was in 2007 there will be other industries, my prediction is, that will go to 50% or worse of what they're at today. And that it will be brutal for them. And I, my heart goes out to those industries because we were you once. And, you know, I, I'm optimistic we, we're not going to be them this time. Hey, on a positive note, we all did survive. We did we survive. The right? And, and, uh, we, and we, it made us better. And we learned things. And we... And one of the things we learned and I'm optimistic about is to, to look at this with a, some perspective 
and with um, a, a frame of reference that can carry us through it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I do think real estate will become a more valued asset class in some ways, just because of the volatility that's going to be shown, um, let's say in the stock market, it has and will continue to. So, you know, I, it's very possible that people could take their net worth, convert it to cash. And then from there, they dump it into some sort of hard asset. Um, you know, gold is one, but real estate's another. So we're not the infected. We're just kind of, we're on the outer ring, yeah. as you said. Right. And yeah. so I, I do think that, um, that's a definite positive. I, I don't know how it all plays out ultimately, but I think you're right. People will continue to buy and sell and, you know, it'll be normal life. But again, my life has not really changed much, um, you know, to this point. And maybe next week when we record the show, there might be some things to change in, in yours too. But I still think that we'll continue on most days like we would normally. Um, so, yeah. And a couple other things I'll touch on. I think Joe touched on this. I was listening to NPR the other day. Italy has gone. And Joe, you're, you're Italian, right? Do you have family back there? Yeah. Are you yep. talking to any of them? Have uh, I haven't lately, but, uh, you know, I know that they, uh, something about uh, Italians are not in lockdown. to pay their mortgage or something. Yeah. Oh. And the entire country's in lockdown. Like they've actually told people don't leave. They're sh they've shut all shops. I, I heard just today, like everything other than groceries and medical is shut down. All the tourism is shut down. And, and, that's just got to be devastating to an economy, right? I mean, I can't even imagine that. But one of the interesting facts I heard was the average death in Italy from the coronavirus is 81. It's not young people, right? Um, yeah. and, and any death is a terrible situation and it's sad, but um, it, it, it kind of just gives you some insight into you know it's speeding up the process of people who you know may have lived a little bit longer but it's not you know cutting people's lives in half or thirds or quarters um thus far nor nor have i heard any news reports to indicate that it ever will um so the to me the the biggest catastrophe and of course again i'm not making light of the of the the, the death toll because it's there but there's always been a big death toll with the flu right um, and, and probably many, many other diseases that we're not shutting the economy down for. The biggest, the biggest hurdle and, and um, challenge through this is just the economic impact of, of um, people not going out, not spending money. Well, Do I'm going to go I'm I'm jump a question in here for both of you guys because I've got a house that I'm putting on the market right now. Like as we speak, it's going into MLS, right? And it's in kind of meat and potatoes price point. I'm expecting that it'll have a lot of activity and it should sell pretty quickly. But the question becomes, if you were my realtor on this, would you host an open house this weekend? Would you be, what would you do? So far? Yes. So far. Yes. I, I mentioned um, earlier that I hosted an open house in Tigard. Um, but this is very fluid. I, I will say, I mean, this could change by even this weekend. I may have a completely different answer. There was a post about this on masters today and when I looked at it, within hours, it had 70-some comments. I'm sure it'll have 150 before all said and done. So far here and now today, this is Wednesday, the 11th of March at you know 3.46 p.m. I think I would, Tucker. I had, and, and, and why I feel confident doing that is you're not forcing people to come. This, that's not like having a conference or a mandatory sales meeting or team meeting where you say, you have to come to this. You're, op you're opening the owl house up and you're saying, come if you want. So my, my belief is 
if they if they're scared, they're not going to come, and if they come, they're they're not scared. Um, assuming that my seller is okay with it, which this house was a vacant staged home, so there was that wasn't an issue. Um, I'm not scared of it. I personally, and I don't mean to do, I don't mean this in any you know flib or flib type way. I'm I'm a pretty healthy person, and I have a pretty healthy immune system. I barely get sick, you know, every couple of years. Not that I'm taking it lightly, not that I'm putting myself in, in crazy situations, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in this process with holding an open house. Um, that could change, though, and, um, and I, uh, I, I respect other people's opinions. When I read that post today on the Masters, I want to say 70%, 60% were saying they wouldn't do the open house. A lot of them were talking about the ramifications to the seller. One thing that I'm confused about, and I, I welcome you guys to educate me if you know more than I do here. So we, we're, we're getting lots of feedback about washing your hands and, and, and doorknobs and stuff. And I'm, I've, I've always been a, a hand washer and, and nothing's changing there. But one thing I don't understand. So if, if somebody that's sick coughs in their hand and touches a doorknob, how long does that bacteria live on that? Ten minutes, I heard today. Okay, okay, yeah, ten minutes. And that's and 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 that plays into my 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 stance on open houses because I think it's being it's it's being assumed by the masses that somehow that house is now infected with that virus, and you got to bring in the meth lab team to 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 cleanse it and 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 sterilize it, and that's just not reality. Like. 15 minutes go by and those those bacterias are dead, right? Well, I, from what I heard today, 10 minutes. So let's just say 10 to 15, right? That yeah, yeah, like yeah. But I mean, I was saying yeah. 15 to be safe yeah. because your yeah. 10 minutes have passed. Joe, what do you think on the open house thing? Well, <clears throat> okay. So the coronavirus for me um, isn't something that would make me specifically not hold an open house. I have a different philosophy on open houses and since you asked, I'll tell it to you. <laughs> um, I'm not a super fan of hosting open houses where they're owner-occupied. Um, and it's just because over the years, you see reports about there's an open house and people go in there, like three people go in there and they sort of split up. And, and there's been cases of, you know, things getting stolen, prescription drugs, jewelry, weapons. Uh, maybe they unlock, you know, case the place and unlock a window and come back later. Uh, or anyone that comes and falls down, it goes on your, your seller's insurance policy because they were invited. So I'm not a super fan liability wise of hosting an open house that's owner occupied, even though I'm missing out on all kinds of business of, getting lots of buyers and other sellers in the neighborhood. I just think if I don't have to do it and they're private people and don't necessarily want it, then I don't do it. But um, Tucker, your place is of course vacant and staged. So if that's what I had to do to get your listing, then yeah, hold the damn thing open. Uh, You're hired. Yeah, a, a vacant house is a different story, but coronavirus has really nothing to do with whether I would or wouldn't hold it. So open. given the current environment, let's focus on the vacant. Cause I, I get your, your concerns about the, the owner occupied and those would be applicable anytime. So on a vacant property, 
assuming you would normally do an open house, let's say it was Tucker's listing and you were his agent, would you push back on Tucker and go, hey, I don't think we should do this now? Do you feel any trepidation about an open house given the, the climate with regards to social interaction with people, both for your sake or the, those people's sake? Not, not really. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a germaphobe. I'm no like Howie Mandel or anything who's a super germaphobe, but I am clean. I do like put Purell on my hands and I try not to touch my face a lot. And you have Purell. Where did you get it? Uh, <laughs> bought it online for 500 bucks uh, for a tiny bottle. Um, so we, we have that stuff all over the place. And I guess I knew that I was sort of turning into that germaphobe because now you kind of think about it when you grab a grocery cart or you grab a banister at an escalator, you know, like two of the most disgusting things you could possibly grab. Yeah. So I am conscious of it. I'm, I'm sort of in the, we don't know how big this thing's going to get. And right now it's very, very minor and they come on the news and they say the chances are very, very slim still that you're going to get coronavirus. And so I'm not worried about it. Um, although I'm still going to probably wash my hands after shaking someone's hand. I'm not going to give all the people coming to my open, long, deep, wet kisses or anything. I mean, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm probably not going to have finger food out for them to, you know, grab and touch and rearrange and put back. And I'm, I'm, I would hold it open, but I'm, let's just say I leveled up on uh, my mental consciousness of how germs are transferred mm -hmm. and a little more conscious, not so much that I would cancel an open, but, you know, I wash my hands a lot these days. It's more so since this was announced than ever before. So, mm -hmm. yeah. J Joe, talk about um, sales meetings, office meetings, social gatherings. I mean, you could even go into dinner parties or I mean, anything like that. But, I, well, let's, let's first stick to the work-related. Sales meetings, office meetings. Do you think we should change those right now, given the environment? Well, again, we don't know how big this is going to get as far as, you know, are, is, is Oregon going to have and, and Washington going to have like a population where 5% of the, the population have come down with this? I mean, that would be huge. Um, right now we don't, but I think uh, some of the sales meetings and office meetings and, and some of the information that we need to get out more so than just an email uh, can be done via online you know you can you can skype you can make zoom calls and look at the benefit of it uh you cut out a commute let's say it's a half hour to get to your office you're cutting out a half hour either direction so you just saved yourself an hour of commuting and let's face it our traffic here uh is a lot worse than it's ever been before so you cut out an hour of uh, commuting, not including the getting ready to go to the office and parking and all that stuff. And uh, I think we have the capability finally to have meetings online. We can record these meetings. We can do all kinds of great things. So I think more so for efficiency, 
we should have more and more meetings online, but still for camaraderie and there's just some things that can't replace meeting in person. I still think that is a big part of it, but we can shove a lot of them into emails, memos, huddle calls, video conferences. Um, but again, none of these things are really uh, coronavirus. Uh, I, don't, I don't really think of this way of changing our business as a coronavirus thing. I think of it more as you can get the you know 20 minute meeting, you can get what you need in 20 minutes. And the moment you start the meeting and end the meeting, you're where you wanna be, wherever that is, your house, Starbucks, you could be at the office, whatever you want. So I would like to change it for efficiency um, and move them more towards virtual, but not specifically because of a virus. Yeah, yeah. virus might make us way more efficient at the end of the day. It, it might, it might. I think there will be, I think there'll be a lot that we learn and we we move forward from, you know, we one of the things we were going to talk about is opportunities. I do, I do see that happening. I think, I think a lot of our society, let's say before that 30% or 40% worked from home, we might see that bump up. I mean, we might see a bump up to 70, 80% during this and then never go down below 60% afterwards. Cause people are like, Hey, that worked kind of good. And, and the companies are like, Hey, I'm suddenly saving money on retail space. And who knows the, ancillary benefits that will come from this from an efficiency standpoint. Um, Joe talked about um, Zoom and comp. I mean, I till today, I've never really done a consultation with somebody via Skype or Zoom or FaceTime. I obviously I, I do phone consultations all the time. And then sometimes we FaceTime houses, but I've never done what we're doing right now with a client. Maybe that will be a, a new thing that we explore hey, you want to do a quick consultation? I can zoom into you and we can you know, talk about what your objectives are, where you're not. Will that replace going to a listing appointment? I don't know. I don't think we're to that level and I hope we don't get to that level and I don't, I don't think we're going to get to that level um, where, where I'm going to personally be afraid to go to a listing appointment. But um, there will be things that, that will, maybe we, we wouldn't have done otherwise that we'll try and innovate and improve and take with us into the future from this. Um, <clears throat> back By the to, way, Steve, uh, Zoom's uh, stock is up about 20% in the last month. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. There are, so is, uh, so is Purell's, by the way. <laughs> and so is every toilet paper company. Mm -hmm. um, as for sales meetings and office meetings, I, it definitely makes me pause. I, I have to think, you know, when I see, the state of Washington saying no gathering larger than 250. And I see the, you know, the golden state warriors. And I think we're in the early stages of this golden state warriors canceling their audiences at games. And when I see March madness doing the same, it, it makes me wonder if I want to be the rogue who's going against the tide and going, no, 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 we should still meet. We should, you know, screw what everybody else is saying especially for something that you probably could get by without a few months and, and have in the past. So I'd be cautious with stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> what other changes are you guys seeing in your business? Are you guys, let me ask you the question. Um, are you shaking people's hands? Cause it's been weird for me. 
I'll be honest with you. Like I, like at the open house the other day, I, I kept putting my hands in my pocket. I'm like, look, and I'm, I'm like mentally telling myself, I'm going to keep my hands in my pocket. If they reach out, first of all, I want to be really clear. I have no problem shaking someone's hand, but I didn't want to be the guy putting my hand out there, making somebody uncomfortable if they have a problem with it. So, but I kept struggling. I, so I was like, I'm like, I'm not shaking my hands. I'm not shaking my hands in my pocket. But then I'd have this lively conversation. And sometimes it wasn't at the beginning of the conversation. I'd have a lively conversation. We'd talk for 10 minutes. And then they're getting ready to leave. And I'd put my hand out. And I'm like, Fuck. And then I'd try to not make it obvious that I was annoyed at myself for going to, back to shaking someone's hand. What are you guys experiencing? You got to do the Corona bump, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I mean, hey, that's I'll, a, I'll kick boom. either one of your shoes. Uh, the old uh, Corona handshake, where you kick out your right uh, foot and you touch the insides of your feet. Um, you know, I was that guy. We had photography the other day, and uh, the photographer showed up, and he he was a new one, and I hadn't met him before, and I stuck my hand out, and he said. Um, I'm not shaking hands right now. Just, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I think he was profiling me, actually. It has nothing to do with coronavirus. I just look sketchy or something. But, uh, yeah, he didn't shake my hand. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, oh, you know what? That's actually pretty smart. That stops me from going and washing my hand again, which I probably would have done. And um, so uh, this isn't going to stop me from shaking people's hands. But I think <clears> deep down, if you don't stretch your hand out in front of them and give them a decision to either grab it or tell you why they're not something, they have to come up with a better, like an air handshake for the coronavirus where you just kind of like, you know, spear fingers or something uh, where there's no touching going on. It's like, you know, um, the NBA players, they have all those crazy, you know, things when they come off the court, we could do like an air one for the Corona shake, right? And that'd be, yeah. that'd be like a new TikTok video that goes viral, right? The Corona exactly. shake. Exactly. So lawyers title just put signs up in all their offices and this came down on them from Fidelity, their parent company, Fidelity National Title. Their, all their offices has signs saying something, I haven't seen it, but we, we, we are not shaking hands at this time. Thank you for, for understanding or something like that. So it is pretty crazy out there, right? It's, it's a weird, it's a weird time. And I think the, the message here is it's kind of fluid. Like we're looking back a week from now, maybe we'll do another show in a week and be like, you know, eh, whatever, or holy shit. I don't know. What happened, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll be in hazmat suits. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, Zoom stock will probably be up another 80%. Um, but uh, yeah. we'll see. So I, you know, I don't know. I, I think uh, this weekend will be very telling for me. We've got a house to put on the market. I think it'll have a lot of traffic, a lot of activity. You know, there's going to be a, some other stuff that happens in terms of cancellations and things like that. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's a fluid situation. We'll see how it goes. Fortunately, uh, those of us on the, the show here today are young and healthy or younger and healthy. Some younger than others, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I think that it's just going to be kind of one of those things that we look back at and we go, yeah, I got a little weird there for a little bit. But here we are, right? New normal. So, yeah, I mean, it, it will pass. It, there's no doubt about it. The economy's um, gone through just as bad, if not worse, several times over. And you, it always seems, you know, it always seems like it's terrible and going to last forever when you're in it. And then when, you're, when it's in your rearview mirror, you're like, eh, that really wasn't so bad. Why did everybody freak out? And I, I definitely sense there'll be an element of that. 
um, not to minimize what's happening and could happen. Um, there definitely will be segments of the economy that are hit harder than others. You mentioned oil, Tucker. I mean, oil really took a bath this week. In fact, some of the biggest problems on Wall Street this week, and they've been big. When you when you have the Dow dropping 2,000 points, that's that's no joke, right? Some of the biggest problems had to do with the oil industry coming down to like, what, $23, $24 a barrel? Yeah, which we're at basically 33 <clears throat> right now as we record. Oh, that's that's up a little bit, yeah. yeah. Which basically overnight made many, many American companies, not to mention global companies, virtually insolvent. Like yeah. the their the amount of revenue they need to create from all the operations they have does not pay the bills, and uh, so suddenly there that became you know, that became bankruptcy questions, um, credit questions about what, what lines of credits can they get. Um, there was, that was where there was talk this week about the Fed stepping in and, you know, opening, opening some windows to, to different banks. I mean, do you guys, one of the questions we had was the government and the Fed, their role. I mean, what, what have you thought so far and what do you think they could do moving forward? Do you guys have any I mean, I thoughts there. I don't think anything they can do can really help the the virus situation. Not really the virus, think. but the economy. The economy. The economy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're if these oil companies are insolvent, they're going to need subsidies. I mean, to keep going, there's no question there. I mean, at thirty bucks a barrel, I don't know what the percentage was, but a lot of companies are insolvent in terms of they, their production costs are higher than that, right? So, at least from what I read, um, I think they'll be some type of, um, you know, we'll, we'll call it a handout, but a, a helping hand to some of these industries that are hard hit. I mean, the airlines are going to need it. Let's just face it. When their earnings come out, they're going to be dog shit, right? Oh for my one. I mean, and so there's going to have to be an airline bailout of some sort. The, the positive side of this, and I want to say this because I don't want this podcast to be overly negative. I feel like when we're, we're going to be cooped up for the next month or whatever, right? People are going to be kind of pulling the reins in, doing less, not going to gatherings, not going to events. When we get past that line in the sand that I keep talking about, I feel like there will be a ton of economic activity once we get past it because people want to totally get agree. back to life as normal and they'll want to go and they'll want to do things. And so you got the Corona cough going. If it's a dry cough, <laughs> it's a Corona cough. But uh, I think that's the positive silver lining here is that it's going to just like you get pent up demand. I totally real agree. Estate, yeah. You're going to get pent up demand for all kinds of goods and services and activity. Yeah. Travel, travel, yeah, travel. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's about getting to that line in the sand. When yeah. do we get there? And hopefully yeah. that's sooner than later. Yeah. My, my feeling is, and this is just my, my gut. I don't think it's a month Tucker. I think, I don't know how long it is and I don't know what summer brings to the, to some, a virus like this, but I think it's a little bit longer than a month. Um, I think you're probably right, but I yeah. don't know what it is. I'm just following yeah. it. But. but I do I do agree with you. The businesses that can survive that massive drop, and it's and I'm not talking about our industry per se. I'm talking about restaurants, I'm talking about travel, I'm talking about airlines, I'm talking about I I do believe that you're right. People can only hole up in their house and not go out for so long. And 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 those who who keep their jobs and working from home and there's a lot of them they'll have they'll have built up savings they'll have you know they'll have saved a lot of money and when that when the the clear signal is sent out there that things are better you're safe you know this is this is past there's going to be a massive um 
uh, just throttle up of activity and travel and, and people going out and retail expense expenditures. And that will be, you know, that will be a, a huge positive and, and, and a move in the right direction. One, one concern I have though is just some there, I, I wonder how the repercussions will be if there are layoffs, if the economy does kind of go into a, you know, a slumber mode, how fast things will ramp up. And, you know, one thing we know, it's no surprise to us, Tucker, we've been talking about it for gosh, I want to say years is we were kind of due for some kind of downturn. So the fact that this is on us now, and maybe the downturn wasn't going to happen organically on its own, but maybe they don't usually anyway. So, um, Will this kind of be the beginning, you know, the front lines of of a downturn that that still ha- doesn't have full legs after even after that passes? That that will be interesting to see. Um, again, I'm positive about real estate. I feel good about our our business. I think the the low interest rates. I think the fact that you know housing has has a good fundamental underlying base underneath it will be positive. Um, as far as government, you know, a couple thoughts I have. Real quick um, here, Steve. Just so I got a text while we're. I figured we'll go live here because this is food, right? Yeah. I got bowling league tonight. Yeah. One of the guys is a real puss. He just said can't make it tonight, fellas. So <laughs> did he? Kinda, no, no reason why though. Huh? Well, another guy said, uh, "What are you afraid of the Wuhan flu or something?" So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there it's impacting my life. We're missing a bowling league. <laughs> Remember, you were so you were so confident it wasn't impacting your life um as far as the government it it is interesting that it's an election year um because i think it's good and bad i think it's good in the sense that your 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 um incumbent president is gonna do whatever and 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 is very incentivized to make sure they everything but the kitchen sink is thrown at this problem which i think is a good thing the kind of the bad side is the 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 opposition party is probably not as eager for that to happen they they kind of want him to flounder and not have such a great economy so it's going to and you know especially on the heels of some of the other political issues we've had i think there could be some gridlock in in rolling out some some stimulus but i do think some stimulus will come and it you know they've they floated everything from not having payroll taxes to maybe letting us not file our taxes when we have to or maybe maybe our taxes from last year we get some kind of refunds or don't have to pay as much those those seem like they could be immediate impacts to the economy especially if if you think about like some kind of restaurant out there whose business has suddenly gone from 100% to 50% you know that's real money that they could use to to stay afloat to try to bridge that gap until something changes with uh what we have going on so well, why don't we do this because uh it's a fluid situation and i you know we don't know where this is gonna go maybe we we uh we do another show in a week here and uh we say hey was it so bad or holy shit <laughs> hunker down folks uh you know one of the two uh, but I, I i think it'll be fine it's just uh what's the new normal right this is the new normal so what's the last question be? for both of you what's the most bizarre thing you've experienced or seen that you never thought you would in this scenario it's I've seen some memes that Joe's put up there on social media that are pretty good, pretty yeah. bizarre. You know, this 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 virus doesn't give you the shits, but <laughs> you can't buy toilet paper anywhere. Uh, that has to be way up there with weird stuff. It's a virus where people are dying, and 
everyone <laughs> translates that to I got to go to Costco and buy out all of their toilet paper. Yeah. Where they have signs at Costco that says there's a maximum of two cases that each person could. I don't buy. understand that either. I just, I don't get it. It's, it's got me scratching my, you know what? I just don't, I don't yeah. get it. Man. Yeah. I would put that up there as well. Yeah. There's, it's a, it's the, 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 the world's a little crazy right now. It's, it's, and, uh, and it happened pretty quick. So it, it goes to show you. Um, and one, one of the things that I thought was interesting, I, I, I feel like I was watching a, a, a news special on this last week and it just, it talks about humanity, right? Like we're all humans, right? It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or if you're some homeless guy in a homeless camp, like these, like that virus is that virus, right? It doesn't care. And, and so it kind of one, one, you know, small positive and all this is it, it makes us, you know, hopefully band together and realize that we're all in, we're all on this planet together and we all got to figure this out together and we'll get through this and, uh, and maybe hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, 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 you know, have some lighthearted moments in the process and learn and grow and experience it. Stay positive. We've been through worse, right? We're on the outer ring this time. That's yeah. The, that's the <laughs> silver lining, right? We're not ground zero, which we were there for it, you know? So. Yeah, it sucks to be ground zero. Yes, Dang. Does, so. All right, yeah. well, we'll keep everybody posted. There's a lot going on. It's a fluid situation. I will still be watching March Madness, so it's not going to change my life there. I mean, I wasn't going anyway, so watching on the TV, whether there's people in the crowd or not, I guess it really doesn't matter to me. But yeah. uh, I feel bad for It'll be there. interesting to see those empty crowds. Yeah. Although, empty I tell you what, I went to Hoops League last night at Club Sport. Packed house. Everybody on yeah. every roster was there. Didn't affect yeah. that one bit. And uh, even though I've got one guy on Bowling League tonight, you know, skipping out. So. Are you guys high-fiving? uh yeah there was you know fist bump sweat, fist bump sweat, fist bump corona bump you know corona, corona bump, bump yeah, <laughs> yeah you know so so basketball players are always a little more badass than bowlers really i mean that's what it comes down to <laughs> well i don't know bowlers are interesting that's an interesting crowd especially at uh, milwaukee bowl where uh you know <laughs> there's a there's a lot of uh well i don't want to say <laughs> but yeah. that's an interesting crowd bowling uh, bowling needs a, a facelift let's put it that to way to our listeners who don't know this tucker is a rock star bowler what's your what you're a 200 bowler ish Tucker uh, ish yeah i got the highest average on the team but uh, yeah. there's a lot of guys in there yeah. that bowl a hell of a lot better than me so that you know i'm, I'm a small fish in a big pond but uh, to the average person yeah I'm pretty good yeah to be fair tucker you're pretty good at most activities you do like uh you're you're a good good basketball player you're, i i don't know if we ever golf but you're one of those people that kind of pisses me off um <laughs> to be around and, and to see because like whatever a sporting activity or you know well if it makes you feel better i'm a bogey golfer so there you uh, go. that's still yeah. pretty that's not terrible yeah yeah, yeah. uh not a scratch golfer <laughs> by me. but i'm okay golf is one of those things i'm okay being okay so you were a uh you were in in high school you were uh um what's this uh gosh help me out it's the uh, one where you run around with a ball inside of a little net basket. that thing called lacrosse lacrosse yes. there you yes. go <laughs> yes i was the best in my senior year and didn't uh, you go to college for that yeah played university yeah. of colorado yeah. so yeah, yeah i've done a lot of See? things so but if you're you go. good at lacrosse you're good at everything pretty yeah. much so anyway we're running on joe thanks hey. for joining us this week hopefully you uh you know we uh, we're all around next week or the week after to uh, record a follow-up show but We'll see how everything goes. I think it's we're going to get to that line in the sand. We're going to cross it, and this is going to be the new normal. I just don't know how long that's going to be, and I guess that's up for debate, Steve, but we'll see. Okay. All right, episode 110.
We'll see you guys uh, on the other side of this thing. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.